0: The financial industry is not the only industry to be positively impacted by blockchain. Advertising and advertising technology are using it in the ad space. Irrelevant ads, fake ads, spam ads, ads that send you to a fake publisher. There's some ad networks that are completely 100% fake traffic. Now, imagine those ad supply path being tracked every step of the way on blockchain. Well, that can now happen and billions of dollars will be saved over time and it could help lower consumer costs as well. This episode contains our first blockchain blockchain cmo segment where we explore various marketing and advertising companies, products and platforms with never stop marketing and brave browsers donny devoren a former guest on the show so step inside for something a little different but still just as bad welcome to episode number 343 the blockchain cmo edition of the bad crypto podcast Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto-curious, the crypto-serious, and the crypto-in-between-us. I'm Joel Com, and that guy, that guy right there, well, that would be Mr. Travis Wright. Hello, That's, good sir. Yes, yeah, nice to see
1: you again. And this podcast right here is is especially interesting for marketers who are curious about how new technologies like blockchain and AI... Can impact and transform their industry. Welcome to the first blockchain CMO, Mr. Jokom.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Donnie DeVoren, who's been on this show before, is with the Brave Browser, which we're both big fans of, and deals with um, the chief marketing officers all the time. And we're going to see, I think, a huge, huge boom in the need for blockchain CMOs. And so we want to really focus on marketing, especially in the enterprise sector, and all the things that are going to be going down. You know, uh, you are a leading marketing technologist, Mr. Travis right? And when we talk about um, the marketing stack, just name off the top of your head some of the big companies that marketers use every day. Well,
1: there's been a lot of acquisitions that's happened over time, right, with Salesforce. Salesforce has purchased so many different companies and all these different marketing technologies. You know, you have... Uh, Microsoft, who's bought a whole bunch. You have IBM, who's bought a bunch. You have you have a lot of these big co- Oracle's bought a bunch. So it's interesting to see all these different companies. And in Google, obviously, a lot of companies use Google as their tech tag. They can start off and use tag management sl- uh, platform. Adobe, Adobe has just purchased, pretty it vacuumed up all kinds of companies when it comes to these marketing technologies. And I've 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 been to all these different conferences and seen all these different solutions. I think, this is not even hyperbole, maybe 1,200, 1,500 different marketing technologies that I've demoed over time and spent down and, and spent time and did research and chatted with founders of some of these companies. And so marketing and marketing technology is something that's sort of secondhand to me. And now we're starting to see a convergence of blockchain and more of these marketing technology solutions. Now, we've had Epstein on the show who runs Never Stop Marketing. Donny Devoren works with him. And then recently, Donnie Devore took on that other role over there, Brave. And so, you know, we we have we have basically a front row seat into what's happening in the blockchain and marketing space. And so, we decided, hey, how cool would it be if we created an, a segment that happens every other week or so where we're talking about you know, blockchain stuff that's going to be uh, you know important to CMOS, and maybe we spin it off into its own podcast. Uh, on you know later on depending but you know let's just do some of these interviews for now mr joe com and, and share
0: uh cool information with the republic of backstopia that's not just hyperbole mr travis right and by the way when you said that word i'm like oh i wonder if there's a hyperbole right if there's a hyperbole um that you know is over is there a hyperbole guess what there's there a word yeah it's a figure in which several things are mentioned that seem to make against the argument or in favor of the opposite side each of them being refuted in order
1: okay very nice Th-
0: there you go now Thank you, you know for
1: the education you know our podcast is not just entertaining it's educational where you wor- learn words like hypobole and it kind of sounds like you just don't know how to pronounce it oh don't give me that
0: hypobole I'm like <laughs> what you're dumb. I'm hungry for a Hypo Boy sandwich. Okay, you get yourself some, boy. (laughs) Also hungry for trading the cryptos and making some sweet, sweet profits. Of course, 11 million people around the world are using the eToro app to do just that. And those of you in the U.S. of A, you can do it now, too. Go to the App Store and download both the eToro app, trading app and the eToro wallet. You'll need both of them because we want to send you $25 in free Bitcoin courtesy of the Bad Crypto Podcast. This offer could end at any time. And if you haven't signed up for your eToro account, you must, you must, and I repeat, you must go through the link I'm about to provide you. If you don't go through this link, you can't get your $25 in free Bitcoin. So you can't can't do it, can't do it, but you can.
1: Because I can't track it. That's- can't
0: track it. So you got to go to badco.in forward slash eToro. And then on that page, you're going to want to click the link to download the app. Badco.in forward slash eToro. Open up a position with $50 or more in any of the cryptos they have. Follow the instructions on the page. We'll send you $25 in Bitcoin. Lots of you are doing it. Those of you who haven't, what are you waiting for? Badco.in forward Forward slash eToro. Do it today. Build your crypto Actually, portfolio do it right
1: now. Stop. Pause it. Pause, pause it. Pause. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro now.
0: So bossy.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. It's see. All you gotta do is press the pause button and go and do the eToro link and get yourself some. Get yourself set up on the on one of the best places to be for the crypto. So go do it. Is what we
0: call it. pausing with purpose. And now our blockchain CMO segment featuring Will Latrell, the CEO and founder of Amino Pay, and our friends Mr. Travis Wright and Donnie DeVoren. Here we go.
1: All right, folks, we have something a little different for you. We're doing a new segment and maybe spinning this off as a new show where we are talking to marketing leaders that are doing really cool stuff with blockchain and some different emerging technologies that are very important for, you know, marketing professionals and executives and what we like to call the blockchain CMO. And so with me co-hosting this is the one and only Donnie Dvorin. Donnie is uh, what your head of business development or something over there at Brave, is that correct?
2: Yeah, so I'm head of uh, sales and business development at Brave Software, the privacy-based browser. And I'm also GM of Never Stop Marketing, which is focused on education into agencies and marketers on how this technology blockchain is changing marketing.
1: Yes, and that's how we sort of have come to this today. We, we had you on the show. I don't know exactly which episode that was, but we'll put that in the show notes. And then we've also had someone from Brave on the show recently. We had Luke on the show. We've also had Jeremy Epstein, who is your uh, partner in crime over there at Never Stop Marketing. We've had him on a couple of times. Love that guy. And today we have with us Will Luttrell. Will Luttrell is the CEO and founder of Amino Pay Amino Amino Payments, and we're going to talk all about that with Will. Will, welcome to Bad Crypto slash Blockchain CMO. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure is all ours. So great stuff. So maybe give us a little rundown and let the audience know what is Amino Pay and and what problems does it solve.
3: Prior to founding Amino Payments, uh, I was the Chief Technology Officer and co-founder of a of a a digital advertising firm called Integral Ad Science. And our focus there was um, helping identify uh, and value media and, and identify uh, areas of fraud, waste, and abuse, things like uh, bot traffic and brand safety issues and whether or not ads were seen. I, I left that company about five years ago. They've since uh, been sold to a private equity firm uh, you know and there's there's a lot of uh, competition in that space a lot of big companies but the focus of the technology was creating ever more sophisticated uh technology to try to uh combat really ever more sophisticated bad behavior uh on the on behalf of uh you know this middle layer of of advertising tech and and other other kinds of things so it occurred to me uh, sometime after i left that uh the reason why all this uh, all these challenges persist in digital advertising and and just the fraud alone is measured anywhere between five billion and fifty billion dollars annually, depending on which which study you look at, uh, is because we have an opaque supply chain. When you see an ad on New York Times for a brand marketer like for example, BMW, uh, very frequently, the New York Times didn't sell that advertisement to BMW directly. Very frequently, most frequently, Uh, That ad was placed there through a series of middlemen uh, that are involved in uh, basically an online auction. Uh, And so an ad may have been bought and sold and resold a half dozen times in milliseconds before it made it to that page. And that supply chain is opaque. So we founded Amino Payments under the sole premise that when an advertiser puts a million dollars into an online ad campaign, they should be able to track where all that money is going. Uh, they should know who uh, who all was involved in placing that advertisement, and ultimately where it wound up. And if you are able to do that efficiently, uh, then you have solved essentially the big bulk of the problems that exist in digital advertising. And the technology that seems custom made for this uh, is blockchain. So uh, people think of blockchain, you know, around crypto uh, currencies. and I'm a, I'm an investor in cryptocurrencies. I got into Bitcoin early. So I'm, I'm very, very happy with that. But I see it more as a platform that uh, it's a new internet. It's a new way that you can build uh, new technologies. And so we're, we're a little bit less on the crypto angle right now, although we do hope that uh, eventually the market moves towards payments on the ledger. Uh, right now, it's about the transparency angle around the supply path that's been our primary focus.
2: Cool. And with that, Will, uh, when you're tracking, I guess, the money or the impressions through the supply chain, what have you seen so far with with your technology? Um, Like, you know, what kind of proof that adding this technology is helping out marketers?
3: All kinds of use cases for some of the very biggest advertisers in the world. So, uh, for example, a 4% hidden gross margin uh, with one of our advertisers uh, when they were buying on one DSP. The exchange had one take rate, uh, a demand side platform, I should say, for the listeners. When they're buying on another demand side platform, which is basically a bidder acting on behalf of advertisers in an open market of advertisement, advertising inventory, uh, the exchange would change their rate, and that was because of an arrangement between the uh, the uh, the DSP and the exchange. We've seen um, examples of um, uh, another another example, a global uh, food company. Uh, had a, a, uh, their advertisers were being shown next to adult content. Uh, That was uh, 3.77% of the volume. Uh, When we uh, overlaid um, our technology uh, with a verification company, so the financials overlaid with the the verification company showed that it was almost 10%, 9.22% of the money. Uh, So uh, that was another finding. Uh, th- these are all things you can only discover if you can scratch past that first layer in a transaction. So if you can think of uh, other kind of blockchain examples I've heard of, so you're at the market and you buy an Apple, uh, you know that you paid a dollar for the Apple, right? Well, what this technology does is it allows you to say, well, the market then bought it from uh, from a wholesaler for you know, ninety cents, and the wholesaler bought it from this distribution center for seventy cents, and they bought it from a farm for fifty cents. And furthermore, that farm has been validated as organic uh, by a third party, and all of that has been up, up uh, uploaded onto a central ledger. And so that's very, very similar. That's the metaphor that's very similar to uh, what we can do in digital advertisements. With the, with the remaining, uh, the, the kind of the big differentiator there is that I have to do that a a million times a second uh, for ads that are worth a fraction of a penny a piece.
1: Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And there's so many different acronyms when you're getting into digital advertising, right? There's the DSP, the DMP, the ATD, the SSP, the OPP. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, so many. So maybe maybe uh, explain that, because I know some of our listeners are going to hear those and it's going to just fly all over their head. So maybe, yeah. you know, explain that that supply chains. We understand supply chain maybe for uh, from farm to store. Right. I know where the lettuce is grown. I know I got on this truck and then I know that it it made it to this store. And now I'm buying it. So supply chain and blockchain, I think, makes a lot of sense to folks that listen to our show. Uh, and and as we branch this out into its own show, the people who are going to listen obviously are going to know this. But maybe give a give a kind of that that elementary rundown to folks so they kind of understand how complex this digital landscape can be.
3: Sure. Uh, so let's suppose you are CNN.com. Uh, you have you know a uh, hundred million website visits a day, and and you have these advertising uh, spots all over your website. You don't sell those directly. What you do is you place those up for bid uh, via an aggregator called an SSP, a sell side platform. So they're going to represent you and a bunch of other publishers out in the market. They place those up for bid in an ad exchange. So now we've got another intermediary. Uh, the uh, on the buy side, I am um, I'm Unilever or somebody. I'm 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 uh, I'm bidding. To get uh, my ads onto those webpages, so I engage a demand-side platform, and a demand-side platform uh, listens to auctions uh, from maybe anywhere from five to fifty different ad exchanges, and I'm listening to maybe uh, two or three million uh, bid requests a second, and I respond with bids for the ones that best match what my advertiser, Unilever. Uh, wants to, wants to bid on. So maybe they want to bid on CNN, but they don't want to bid on another website. Maybe they will, maybe there's a cookie on a browser somewhere. Uh, and I know that Donnie's uh, involved with the Brave Corporation. Uh, he's got his own thoughts about uh, disrupting this space, I'm sure. But um, the idea is that there are these high frequency auctions being perpetrated by a series of middle players uh, that uh, are being placed uh, the inventory is being placed by the publisher, and the advertiser is, is engaging these ad tech companies to do bidding. Where it goes wrong is the advertiser, uh, once these resellers are involved, maybe one of them has legitimate CNN inventory, and maybe he pads the numbers. Maybe he's got a million legitimate CNN units, and he adds in another – he's got some uh, some low-quality units that he labels as CNN and sells as if it were CNN. Or maybe uh, it's legitimate CNN, but uh, someone's got a deal and they want to drive bot traffic to CNN. So it's not actually legitimate consumers actually viewing the inventory. There's lots of different well, ways. Is CNN it's
1: legitimate. legitimate anyway? Ah. <laughs> I joke. I joke. No, that, that's great. That's great information. And and you know, there's such, there's so much ad fraud. When it, I remember, there's this, there was this report that Tune, which is a mobile attribution analytics platform, they did this report in 2017, and I've not seen an updated sort of version of this. But they're saying that marketers lose about 16 to 20 billion dollars a year in fraud in in 2017 because. They did analysis of over 700 ad networks, and eight of those ad networks were 100% fraud. 35 of those ad networks were at least 50% fraud, and it was just so interesting to see how much fraud is within the advertising industry because there's so much money is being poured in here, and the analytics are aren't as strong. So maybe how does your platform solve some of those, some of those problems for marketers who are worried about if their ad budget is even going towards their, to their ads?
3: It's just about transparency. That's the, that's the key word. If you can follow the flow of money, if you can follow that supply chain and it ends at uh, CNN.com or Ziff Davis or Condé Nast or Hearst or, or even a, a mom and pop, uh, seller that's uh, just selling their inventory directly. So long as you can see all the way down to the end, you're fine. But, um, and
2: and when you're following, um, and you're showing that when, when you're showing that transparency, um, has, do you require everybody along that chain to say, raise their hand and say, yes, I'm going to give Amino permission, um, to show where the dollars flow and and have those conversations been with the DSPs, the the SSPs, etc.
3: So, um, Yes, it varies. In a fully integrated supply path, what we're asking is that every intermediary involved uh, cryptographically sign their piece. So uh, the DSP cryptographically signs their bid, the exchanges and SSPs cryptographically uh, sign the results of their auction and the payouts to the publishers. And then we link it all together using Merkle Trees, uh, all very, very um, blockchain uh, stole, basically just ripped off right from the blockchain. The key here, though, is that uh, given the scale, the volume, the million transaction a second, uh, you know, we're, we're generating uh, terabytes and terabytes of transactions a day at scale. So uh, I can't distribute those. So hourly, I batch up every unique chain uh, combination and place that onto the distributed ledger for consumption by our customers, who can either uh, pull it down directly uh, via their own node in our uh, distributed ledger or uh, use our user interface to uh, consume it in a you know easy to digest graphical you know, user interface.
1: You know, I'm looking at your website, it's Aminopay, A-M-I-N-O-Pay.com, and you talk about accountability through your auditability. And your analytics look really good. And it says here that you're able to help determine the most effective vendors, adjust campaigns in real time based on precise insights and pay for only verified ads. How how does that work? Because it would seem to me that that is exactly what these ad agencies and these, you know, these people who are looking to place ads on these different sites. That's exactly what they're looking for. How are you guys able to do that so effectively?
3: So. I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you asked it in that way because you know it seems like the first half of the uh, podcast, you know, we've been pretty dark about the digital advertising industry, all the fraud, all the all the negative stuff. Uh, I'm actually a big believer in the power of advertising. I'm a big believer in the power of digital advertising uh, to get the message out there. Uh, And so I think that uh, a lot of our focus is less on uh, you know the, the fraud fighting and more about Trying to find the best, most efficient, most effective path, uh, and not uh, take the focus off the fraud and the bad stuff by simply saying, "Hey, you're, look, you're just not ever going to pay for it in the first place." So, if your verification company, which is a whole another set of companies uh, like the one I co-founded, Integral, uh, says that uh, an ad was on adult content or an ad was uh, fraudulent in some way, uh, you just—it's not your problem because the money never even leaves your account. You're not. You're not ever paying for that. Uh, on the lighter side of what we do, it's about supply path optimization. So imagine back to the apple example again. I'm I'm trying to uh, you know take take the easy metaphor. Uh, you know, imagine that uh, you were getting that apple, but it passed through three fewer hands than uh, than if you had more of a direct relationship. It's almost like shopping local, right? So imagine if um, you had access to this inventory again. Uh, We don't have to, uh, maybe badcrypto.com has a website and you're selling your inventory on the open exchange, I don't know. Uh, But if that inventory was getting bought through a series of nine resellers, each one of them taking a margin, and each one of them introducing the possibility of uh, something going wrong, that's a different different supply chain than if badcrypto was selling directly on an exchange and it was being bought directly by an advertiser. So we want advertisers to we want to hook up advertisers with the most efficient way to get to that sweet, bad crypto uh, inventory that they crave so much.
2: Yeah. Well, what what do you say to a marketer or agency that says, OK, great, this is this is awesome. You I mean, you're going to hopefully identify uh, my leakage um, and get better accountability and transparency. But one of the whole promises was like, I may be able to remove middlemen. And now you're saying, well. Now I have to add in a middleman to remove a middleman. Uh, what do you say in those types of situations?
3: Well, uh, I, am, uh, I don't like to think of myself as a middleman. We certainly have our fees. I'm not running a charitable organization. We're, we're out of the supply chain, though. We're not, we're not CPM-based. We're a, we're a SaaS model. Uh, we're more consultative than anything else. Uh, we do have tools that integrate with all these middle players, but that's simply to collect data. At that point, it's insights, and it's not based on uh, it's not based on volume. We uh, we're going to charge you flat fees uh, for for our services, and you're going to get
2: a very very high ROI. Got it. And you have examples where they've spent, you know, for your flat fees, and but they on the other side saved a ton of money after. Like, how do you provide actionable insights that someone says, "Great, my DSP. I didn't know they were charging this extra five percent." And then they go have a conversation and remove that five percent. How is that?
3: Yeah, uh, that's that's a real world example. We have caught uh, DSPs overcharging according to contract, and the the uh, agency and the client have gone back to the DSP and said, "Hey, you need to have this fee removed." And they got a rebate check uh, back for the whole prior year that those fees were were being charged. And the other the other example, we just gave a presentation to a global pharmaceutical company just this week where uh, things like, hey, you're buying MSN.com uh, 15 different ways. Here are the five most efficient ways to get that inventory. We're going to get the most uh, cleanest, best inventory that, uh, that is going to be right, uh, that's going to perform better, that's going to be uh, highly viewable, and it's going to have the fewer middle players involved so you can uh, get the best path to that inventory.
1: That's fascinating. It seems to me that you know, big brands that are, that have big budgets should take a look at your at your platform because you're going to save them a significant amount of money. It sounds like in, in in a few different ways. So maybe, you know, you know, what kind of percentage of savings maybe would a would a company or an advertiser be looking at saving by working with you guys? Because it's it sounds to me like you're not you're not a cost. You are a solution that's going to help folks not only become way better with their targeted advertising, but you're going to help them save a whole lot of money overall. So maybe what kind of percentages could folks be looking at? Is there, is there a range that, that that's typical?
3: Between 10 and 20% typically. Uh, 15% is very, very common. And i got to be honest, guys, this is just low-hanging fruit. We're not even mm-hmm. doing – like just having the data – Presented for the first time in this way, where all the supply paths and all the costs are laid out, and the uh, you know whether or not it was seen and whether or not it was fraudulent, all that overlaid on top, uh, it's really really simple to find uh, those kinds of double digit savings. And we're talking about people with marketing budgets of a hundred million, two hundred million, three hundred million dollars. So if you can save someone fifteen percent of a hundred million dollar budget, uh, and your fees are in the you know, the tens of thousands of dollars a month, it it we're not even we're not even the same number of
2: zeros as the amount of money that they're saving. It's unbelievable. It it, it sounds, I don't want to say like too good to be true, but it's like it's like why isn't everybody using mean, Like what are the challenges where like why aren't people say so is it is, is integration too high? Um, is it just education out there? Um, why aren't why wouldn't anybody and everybody want to save 10 to 20% and use you guys? It's
3: education. Uh, it is um, a, a market that is just now catching up to the the where the technology can can take it can take us. Uh, we have an incredibly sophisticated ad tech layer, you know, populated by uh, geniuses at uh, Google and uh, you know the CTOs and, and the data scientists that are that are literally trying to uh, figure out ways to get to increase a click rate from two percent to two point one percent. Uh, And then you have agencies who are acting as a translation layer. And then you have marketers who are just trying to sell razor blades Uh, and being able to have a conversation with a marketer, you know, trying to explain to them, uh, you know, sophisticated auction dynamics uh, and how uh, it's 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 an uphill battle, but a very gratifying one when you get through and you're able to show things and simplify things in a way that, you know, is easy for them to consume and say, oh, I can save. X percent if I just cut out these two supply chains? It's like, yes, that's that's the uh, benefit.
1: That's great data. And that's th- that insight right there is so valuable for some of these organizations, as you mentioned. They're spending $100 million a year. Some of them, Unilever and Procter & Gamble, they're spending upwards of a billion dollars a year on advertising. And if you can save you know, 10, 15, 20% on that, those numbers are huge. And th- that money can be used more effectively. And so it looks like you, you can work with brands. You're able to help them track and audit and optimize their digital advertising spend. You're working with agencies. Yep. You're working with publishers. I mean, it seems to me like you've got a value proposition for every angle of the whole supply chain. Well,
3: we, we have to, we have to be that way, honestly, because uh, you know, everything we've been talking about has been our first product lens, uh, which is this transparent ledger of where all the money's supposed to supposed to go. Well, our name's Amino Payments. And uh, if, if we're ever going to fulfill our north star of being the payments platform of digital advertising, we have to have a value proposition so that everyone adopts. You can't have people, uh, payment is a transaction between two parties, one person giving and one person receiving. So both people have to be down with the fact that this is a currency that they're willing to accept. Having that value proposition spread out across Eventually leads us to a day where uh, you know where all your money's supposed to go, the ledger's clean, everyone agrees that this is the ledger. Why then would a brand or agency pay the first hop and then hope that the money gets paid out down this down the chain according to the way they've been told to this ledger. Better, directly, the brand or agency pays the DSP and the exchange and all the SSPs and publishers just pays them simultaneously because ultimately, uh that is how you know you're getting what you paid for how do you know you got uh cnn.com because you've wired the money directly to cnn.com and you've used the amino system to do that
2: and you know because we're focused on in this podcast blockchain technology did you ever try to do any of this um stuff without blockchain and a lot of people call blockchain you know hype and you know, when am I really going to see this working? And you've talked about, you know, cryptographically signing um, from all the steps in the, in there and using Merkle trees and stuff. Would this, any of this be possible without it?
3: Well, I can tell you right now that payments piece would certainly be impossible without it. Uh, You know, I I have my little startup where we're well-funded and we have a, we have a highly credible team and board and certifications and, and all of that stuff. But, I promise you the Unilevers and Procter and & Gamble's and AT&T's of the world are not going to take my word uh, that uh, their $50 million for the spring campaign is going to be distributed out thusly. Uh, if I can take that uh, data and have it in a fully transparent to them distributed ledger where all parties are signed off on uh, the, the validity of this, at that point, you know, I have something that's viable. It's too big of an ask uh, that tonight tonight have a to not have on a distributed ledger
1: I want to talk a little bit about your team because you know you you've got some great experience in in the the ad tech world already you've already as you mentioned you you have an ex successful exit typically entrepreneurs who have already had one successful exit are primed to you know to to be successful in their future endeavors. Tell us a little bit about your team over there and why you know, why the amino uh, pay team is so is the right team to help build this product.
3: So uh, about the amino team, uh, proudly based in Philly, goes sixers uh, and hiring engineers. Uh, we've had an, we've had a just an influx of of demand. Uh, so I just wanted to to get those out. Uh, hit us up through the website mentioned earlier if you are a software engineer and interested in working in this space. But anyways, Uh, So the last company, Integral, uh, 800-something employees, 21 countries or something, Uh, nice big exit, uh, nice new owners, new home at at Vista. I grabbed the very first engineer who helped me scale that, and I brought him here to Amino with me. Uh, I've got four other team members who have been founders of companies, successful companies sitting here uh, with us on my board. It's myself, my co-founder David Bookspan, who's had three successful exits uh, and Josh Coppelman first round capital. Uh, one of the he's on the, the Mount Rushmore of uh, seed stage investors uh, first Round invested in folks like Uber and Warby Parker and uh, they've had four billion dollar exits as a seed stage fund last year. so uh, successful track record and we just added Jud Linville, who was uh, the CEO of city cards uh, up until uh, last year so, that's, a, that's another guy that uh, every time I'm in a board meeting or, a, or an informal call with him, he's just dropping knowledge about how money moves around the world. Uh, and our investors, Nica, who uh, have a managing director who pre- uh, was the president of Visa when they went public, Hans Morris. Uh, so I have been very, very fortunate to be surrounded by amazing people, uh, people way smarter than me that helped me keep this train moving in the right direction.
2: That's great. Yeah, so how many employees is that all together? How, how big are you guys?
3: We're still small Donnie, uh just 20 of us. Uh looking to add to the family, help <laughs> me out here. Engineers, get at me. <laughs> so this is a
2: good way. I know that we have a lot of uh engineers that are listening. When I did my first podcast on on Mad Crypto, uh p- people reached out to me and many of them being uh, engineers that are interested in the space. So hopefully you'll 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 get the same. So my uh
3: if you're in New York listening to this, Philly's like all the great things about New York, but uh, much more livable and uh, better food. So if, you'll, you'll wonder why you hadn't made the decision to move down here years ago. If you come down and join us here,
1: get your fill of Philly cheesesteaks down there.
3: Oh man, upscale, downscale, street food, high Philly cheesecake,
1: Philly cheesecake, Philly <laughs> cheesesteak, all of them. I love it. Yeah, lots of cheese. All right, so so that that's great. I think what you're doing, it sounds like an amazing team you have. It sounds like what you're doing is could be a no-brainer for a lot of these ad agencies and big brands out there. So that's exciting. Maybe before we wrap this up, what are your thoughts around Libra? I mean, there's there's such an interesting thing when you have this big corporation that's maybe trying to create its own currency and it had all these amazing partners and the partners of sort of some partners are dropping off like Visa and MasterCard and PayPal. They're dropping off and some other ones are dropping off. And now they're and then Zuckerberg was just in Congress talking about it. You know, maybe what is your perspective on on this whole that whole that whole
3: thing? So, you know, it's not an accident. I think that the government's very, very uh, interested on in that. Governments have monopolies on two things. That is the uh, the use of force and the printing of currency. Uh, and they're not going to give up either one uh, lightly. Uh, so when they see a large potential currency, a new way of transacting springing up that exists outside the regulated ba- banking system, they're going to take a strong interest. I look at Libra as um, a, a simple, maybe something a little bit different than folks who are not in uh, digital advertising do. Facebook is ninety-five percent ad-supported, uh, so they don't really have a lot of revenue streams outside of ads. So. Uh, same thing, you know, d- despite Instagram, same thing. And I, I'm assuming that they'll eventually uh, figure out how to monetize WhatsApp. So someone there is thinking about how to uh, manage this from an, uh, from an advertising angle. And I see it as a persistent replacement for the cookie. So for those of you not in, uh, not in the ad space, cookies are ways that uh, advertisers are able to track consumers and track uh, which ads were more efficient and whether or not people actually went to some place and wound up bu- wound up buying uh, a product after seeing an advertisement. If you do these transactions in Libra, you now have a trail from seeing an ad all the way down to purchasing an Uber ride or, bu- or trading money amongst friends. You've created a network effect. A money uh, network effect of uh, me buying something from Donny, going to place an Uber ride, maybe eventually using my Facebook uh, tap at a, at a at a checkout at Target or or someplace. Uh, I now have a way to tie an advertisement to a real world purchase through being able to track the flow of one of these Libra coins or whatever it is they're going to eventually wind up calling these things. So I see this as um, as an interesting play outside of the obvious, uh, you know, ability to take a vig on every transaction, which I'm assuming they may also do credit card model style. Uh, I see it as a way to uh, track consumer behavior. Uh, so the very opposite of any kind of anonymity. Uh, it's it's more of a, a tracking device, or at least that's the way I'd be thinking about it at Facebook.
1: Well, thank you so much. Will Latrell, founder and CEO of Amino Pay. Thanks for coming on. Bad Crypto slash the Blockchain CMO, good sir. Thank you very
3: much, guys. It's a pleasure,
0: Mr. Travis Wright. You do such good interviews, and Donnie is so knowledgeable in this space. Amino Pay looks to be seriously cool stuff.
1: Yeah, not only that, Mr. Joe but they have a really strong founding team. Like, there's some really big companies out there, Sail through, Monetate, Integral Ad Science. These are some really good, you know, companies that were doing interesting things, and now. You know, Amino is doing stuff to you know to really optimize the media supply chain, help eliminate fraud and waste and abuse, and and make the industry better. I got to tell you though, it was kind of weird doing an interview without you. So oh, it might have been weird. It might have been weird for people, but at least you're here at the end. So you know, yeah. Can well, hear you, you know,
0: we like Donnie. Donnie's cool and Donnie's very knowledgeable about the stuff. And and I'll be doing some of the CMO interviews as well because I also understand marketing and like marketing.
1: It's true. you got a lot of marketing skills to pay the bills.
0: we got some news to share with you guys here in just a moment. But first, Mr. Travis Wright, why not share about our sponsor, MobiPay? Hey, hey, today, do it today. MobiPay,
1: M-O-B-I-E, pay. Money has been around for many, many, many years, right? The exchange of value had to take place over the years. And back in the day, they used shells. Then they discovered this gold and silver stuff that didn't, Rust or corrode, and they go, Wow, look at that. We're gonna use this as value. So then they use gold and silver. And then then they would put their paper, they would put their gold in and to the goldsmith, and then the goldsmith would sign them an IOU that says IOU four ounces of gold and give them a piece of paper. Then people started trading the pieces of paper, and then fiat currency popped up where they started creating printing money and using the money over time, right? Then credit cards happen, and now Bitcoins happen. Well, uh, we believe the next iteration of the evolution of money is going to be MobiPay because the transfer of modern money is slow and expensive for both merchants and consumers, especially across borders. So now MobiPay, their ecosystem, uh, it consists of three core applications that allow users to spend or send money or digital currency worldwide from their mobile phone in seconds, even if you don't have a bank account. Really, it just connects to your phone number. It's pretty handy. Uh, they also have the, the coin. And they have a Mobi ecosystem for a retail ecosystem. It's really interesting. It's one of the lar- the world's largest and most rewarding loyalty programs. Uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge.
0: Go check it out, MobiPay.io. Excellent. And, Mr. Travis Wright, we have some news to share. You know, uh, earlier this year in the summer, we started a new podcast based on the hope and promise of a social media platform made by one of the top ten cryptocurrency teams that uh was going to disrupt the social media sphere and that of course is the EOS Voice platform mm-hmm. and the podcast we started is EOS Voice News at the website eosvoice.news and and a lot of you went and listened to that show but we have not done an episode travis since july 11th why is that
1: well there's been no news like how can you do a news podcast when there's no news because literally they were having some you know they were going they're trying to make sure everything is legal and regulated all correctly and all this stuff and so their lawyer said shh don't say shh to anyone and they ain't said shh
0: Well, there's news. And if you want to find out what the news is, we're pretty excited about it. Go to EOSVoice.news, subscribe, and listen to episode number three, the latest podcast. And we're hoping that uh, we'll do these more frequently because we think the social media space is ripe for disruption. I mean, there's so much controversy around the social media giants the Facebook and Twitter the Facebook and and Instagram and WhatsApp and YouTube censoring and and using your data and selling you to the highest bidder and the time is coming for ch- 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 changes so please Go subscribe, download, listen, give us your feedback. And if you like the show, um, if you think it's a five-star show, because you're a five-star human being, then give us a five-star review. And what's really cool, Mr. Travis Wright, is if that somebody goes to DuckDuckGo or that other thing, the Google thing, and they type EOS Voice, guess who comes up number one? EOSVoice.News. Yeah, not not the official (laughs) Voice.com site we do.
1: Yeah, and if you type it in in Twitter, we do. If you type it in in iTunes, we do. So I don't know. We know a little thing or two about marketing uh, EOS voice and CMOs. So if there's a CMO listening, want to talk to us about how we might be able to help you out with some business things.
0: In the the, uh, words of the Beatles, if you want it, here it is. Come and get get it. it. Well, technically, the Beatles wrote that song, but they didn't really – put
1: it on an album they gave who they give that to they gave it to somebody else to perform
0: well they actually performed it themselves too mm-hmm. the beatles did do it but uh wasn't it Bad Finger. Bad Finger, what it was, there it is. Oh, snap. Bad Finger, you got to put that in the list now, Mr. Jones. Talking Connell. to the DJ right here. We appreciate you all. Please do check out the new show. And of course, if you haven't yet converted a friend to the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, we are all inclusive. The Republic of Bad Cryptopia knows no race, religion, color, creed. We don't care if you know what side of the political spectrum you're on. Uh, we just we don't care if you sound funny, if you sound smart. Uh, come and listen. Come one, come all. Convert somebody to the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, and we got some pretty exciting things going into 2020 that we'll be announcing with uh, you guys. In fact, I think we're firming up attendance at a major crypto event where we are going to be doing Bad Crypto Live, but I want to wait until it's absolutely solid before I share it with you.
1: Hey, Mr. Jokom.
0: Yes, sir? Hey, pull my bad finger. <laughs> Mr. Mike Tyson, can you take us out of the show, please?
1: I'm sorry. Just pull my bad finger. Don't do that. Because if you do that, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. So I apologize in advance for everybody's nostrils.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay bad, everybody. Stay bad. Who's bad?